What it do, DMV. It is episode 87 of Chirpin DMV. Just like Tuesday's episode, we're sitting here live watching the Caps. It's Thursday night. I got the Bobcat with me. Just finished hosting pregame happy hour live. How's that? Man, it was awesome, except uh, I, I opened myself up to get chirped pretty hard. I said the Caps were going to win 5-1, to one, and it's one rip right now, bad guys. So five straight, and we're good, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that doesn't hit the over, but it's five straight, and we'll take it. We'll take that. Yeah, so I know it was awesome. I had, you know, DJ, Ben, and uh, Blake were on. We did a little trivia. So tune in for the next happy hour. I think we're going to keep bringing that back. That was a good time. But uh, yeah, thanks for letting me take the reins on that. It was it was a good time. Oh. Yeah, the trivia was good. I like that a lot. I think our next happy hour is a, a noon one for a 1230 game for the Caps. So that's going to be a nice little brunch hitter. Yeah. So, I mean, we do have um, – I'm getting into some, some – uh, habits or some routines here and this is episode 87 right so obviously I've, I've been you know correlating that with nhl players the most obvious number 87 former cap liam o'brien so the liam o'brien episode tonight yeah because there's an 87 we can't use ah now we're good there <laughs> dude <laughs> so i was at a restaurant it. oh God, real right. quick i was i was at a restaurant pre-covid uh, and the dude handed me like our table number uh, it was one of those little triangle things that said 87. And I was like, nah, can I get a different one? Nah, fuck no. I thought I was playing, thought I was messing around. I was like, nope, definitely not. And it ended up being the game that Ovi uh, hit his 700th. Like, we we're watching it at the place. I was like, yeah, don't give me, don't give me 87. Like, the game <laughs> is on right now, bro. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, so, what we're going to do here, we got two interviews. We got back to back Tendy weeks, Bobcats. We had Chris Carlson last week. And this week, we're featuring Andrew Takis, Calvert County kid. Uh, played for the Maryland Black Bears, DeMatha alum, you name it. And he's out with the Amarillo Bulls right now in the NHL. And it was an awesome interview, about 30 minutes. And we have also, again, I think he's like the third time he's been on maybe. R.C. Like, the head coach for the Richmond Generals teams, is popping on. And he's talking the all first things time, First time I've seen R.C. or talked to R.C. since I was coaching, which is at this point four years ago. So it'll be good to catch up with R.C. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm pumped up for it as usual. He's always a good time. So we'll fire through some stuff here. We'll go to the we'll go to let's do high school first. Then we'll get and then we'll kick it to Takis or feature interview, and then we'll get into some junior stuff, and then we'll end the epi out on RC like so. Bob, let's start with the CSHL and and the league that's kind of been par for the course our year, all year. Had a hell of a shakeup uh, yeah, last I Friday mean, on Friday I know that, night ice. Um, we we wanted to be brief with the local stuff with the back to back interviews, but uh, yeah, the CSHL were already starting out with some pretty big shakeups with. Playoff implications, seeding implications. Uh, but w- what's the first one you want to go over today, man? There's there's three big games to, to check in on. Yeah, so the so the three teams we've been kind of keeping an eye on this year are West Potomac, T.C. Williams, and Washington Liberty. Coming in the last Friday, West Potomac comes in 8-0. T.C. Williams and Washington Liberty both come in uh, at 6-2, and two, both all, 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 all of them needing wins, and especially for that T.C. Williams and Washington Liberty teams but we'll start with the team that just kind of got started and it's bishop ireton winning a uh, 5-4 squeaker over wt woods yeah they they went from zero games played to three games played real quick and a 5-4 win over wt woodson um yeah we didn't know what we were in for with the ireton season to begin with uh but a big night for uh henry swoop on ireton he had four points he had four points he had a hat trick one apple for good measure um so big game for him looks like they only had uh <clears throat> sorry here uh, not only i misread the stat line but 24 shots on goal five uh five goals there for bishop Byerton. that's a pretty good clip uh william oakley made 25 of 29 possible saves in net for ireton um 
but yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a big win for Ireton. I know our guy, coach McCullough, who I guess, dude, I've got the kiss of death right now. We're talking about coach McCullough last week, West Poe. I don't want to spoil anything, but not their best night or not their best <laughs> week, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we, we don't, we still, Ireton's a legit team, man. Like we we're their legit team in this league right now. Um, and I know that to start the season, uh, again, to coach, to quote coach McCullough, like they're, they're a good team. And just because they hadn't played any games, so it definitely wasn't, doesn't look like there's a ton of rust, man. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, my, I don't know. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, if you're in the WCAC, go play in the MAPHL guy. Uh, but nonetheless, we're having a great season. And uh, so the one you mentioned, TC Williams comes in six and two West Pope comes in eight. No. And TC Williams just kind of pumps. Wolverines five to one yeah I mean they had five unanswered goals the the West Poe didn't even score until the third period and it looks like there was a a minute left in the game unless there's a an issue on my screen but looks like there was some some penalty trouble for West Poe a little short on the bench as well both power plays not good yeah I I mean it's tough again we don't know how accurate these um, website pages are but to have one of your better players and Jack Cahill, 28 pims on the night. That sucks. Like that's that, if that's accurate, that, that definitely hurts. He's been a big key on that team this year, but we can't not mention TC Williams. I mean, they're, they've been in the thick of things and to go out and play the undefeated first place team and, and kick them in the, in the shins there, like five straight goals. Matt Liss had two goals. Um, yeah, that, that's the shakeup we were talking about. I didn't want to spoil anything. And obviously, if you're paying attention to the standings, you already knew this. But uh, that's a huge win for a huge win for TC Williams. Massive. Hayden Hayden Marching, maybe their goalie, 22 of 23. We're on the other side. Westbrook goalie Joseph McDonald doesn't face a ton of shots and only 24. Let's... Yeah, I, I hope that the stat line's wrong and that Marching didn't have a 44-minute perfect game. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, anytime you only let in one goal, you're giving your team a chance to win. And, and what more do you ask your goalie for? Give us a chance to win every night. Um, Marching did that, and he was backed up by his, his players there. So a huge win for T.C. Williams. Yeah, and then the other team hanging around there, Washington Liberty, they needed the big win, uh, and they kind of come out and – shit the bed too to put it bluntly i mean that's not that's a 4-1 loss against the hayfield south county team that is you know i mean and with that loss that gives them five and one they were two five and one coming in it's a game you should win it puts them square in third place too i mean tc williams uh separated themselves putting them only two points behind um west po but yeah that's i mean that was a, that was not a must win game because they're obviously still going to be seated and and have a shot but um you know, things are starting to separate there. And then that's a, that's a disappointing loss this late yeah. in the year. I, I mean, I don't bet on high school hockey, um, but you know, if I, if I did, I, I would have predicted something different. And like I said, I've got the kiss of death. So anything I say at this point has yeah. pretty much backfired. Yeah. Kind of, kind of crazy there. I mean, I, that, 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 that win almost separates, you know, TC Williams, it gives them the home ice in the semifinals. If it gets to that point, having that two seed there, I, I, you can say it doesn't mean that much in high school hockey, especially during uh, the pandemic right now, where you can't pack a pack a rink one night, obviously. So it's not like if a team's coming all like when we used to play Easton, they would have to come down the Waldorf and we'd pack barn or vice versa. But still, it's just nice. You're familiar. You know what I mean? You're familiar in the rink you usually play in this, that and the other and. Yeah, I mean, there there is a mental edge, I would think, too. You know, like, hey, we're if you're a team that's finishing the season hot versus the team that's losing ground in the standings, I mean, hopefully you got a little swagger going yeah. in the playoffs. 
Agreed. So let's look at some of the games this week uh, coming up. Big Friday tonight. Uh, we got T.C. Williams versus Washington Liberty. There it is. That second and third place game. Washington Liberty can jump right back up. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll see if it was just a fluky game by Westpo or, or see if T.C. Williams. I mean, they I shouldn't say see if they are legit because they've been in the thick of things all year long. But um, a win for T.C. Williams puts them at least tied, depending on Westpo's outcome for first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, we got the Washington Liberty TC Williams game, and then we got West Poe playing against WT Woodson team they should beat. So, we'll see how they uh bounce back there. Yeah, the, again, that's the 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 probably the the two games that we've got a big eye on this week. Um, but yeah, good stuff going on. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, and, and teams are jumping, teams are moving. So, exciting time to at least pay attention. I know we can't watch, unfortunately, but exciting times for high school hockey. All right, a couple games in the MSHL last Friday, not not a big, not a big. Friday night in the MSHL. I mean, you had Washington County six nothing over Middletown, Oakdale eleven to seven over Frederick County, Walter Johnson ten to six over Cadets Hockey Club. There were like randomly three games on Sunday, Bob, um, and we had Northwest beating Damascus five to two, Rockville losing to Sherwood six to one, and Wooten uh, beating Cadets Hockey Club six to one. So that St. John's JV team or whatever you want to call it there uh, didn't have a great night. So. No, and it's it's they're scattering games all over the place too. I mean, they've played yeah. games. There's a there was a game. Uh, I mean, this the season is what it is at this point. But um, yeah, there's not a ton of shakeups. It's it's tough to to cover everything that's going on. Again, we got a pretty packed episode, but nothing as exciting, unfortunately, as the the things we had going on. Um, yeah. Elsewhere, sorry. Wow, CSHL. Whew. CSHL, baby. And our Swamp Kings, man. Our Swamp Kings haven't played yet. Yeah, check them out. I mean, are they they still haven't played? Are they, are they yeah, they're, they're, like they're up. They got River Hill, man. I told tonight? you I have the tonight? no, 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 no. Oh, I have God. the ticker. I have the ticker sitting in the office. Uh but yeah, they play River Hill on the Swamp 10th. Kings. We haven't gotten a DM yet with some free jerseys. The 10th, so. February I mean, 10th, River Hill. I'm calling it the Flint, Michigan, uh, the Chirpin DMV, DMV Mega Bowl. B- Mega Chirpin DMV Mega Bowl. God, man, if if we if if it wasn't for the Rona, we'd go out there and live stream that goddamn yeah. game for the people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think it is. I hope that you know there's at least some hype built around the Swamp Kings. But yeah, I mean, uh, we know the usual suspects in that league. Glenelg still at the top. Uh-huh. Marriott's Ridge, uh, Swamp Kings. Yeah. You know, didn't play. Uh, so not a, not a ton going on. We still have you know updates stat wise. Swamp Kings haven't played. Luke Rubin still has 17 points. Uh, or sorry, 17 goals, 21 points. Um, we'll see. Maybe yeah. it'll get up to 30. I'm thinking maybe it's 30 in that last game. Yeah, we'll see. So Glenelg top of the Howard at 10 and 0. Oakdale top of the Monocase Valley at 8 and 0. A couple undefeated teams, but there's a Chevy Chase at the top of Montgomery one at six and one. And that, there it is. You got you got three divisions this year. <laughs> so yeah, good luck. A, this weekend we have Urbana at Frederick County. That's a little bragging rights game. Those are uh, you know rival schools are at least pretty close to each other. Um, Oakdale, Carroll County, they're playing, and then Rockville, Magruder versus Montgomery Blair, Walkersville, and Middletown not playing their game is canceled per the website. Um, and then Saturday, we got Damascus versus Whitman, Walter Johnson versus Quince Orchard, Wooten versus Richard Montgomery. All right, last one here before the interview: NBSHL. Bob, we had a couple, we had a couple big games. Uh, one I kind of want to start with is we saw this Washington Post article about the Langley team and not having a goalie and getting a swimmer. Yeah. The and- kid, he never, he never played hockey. It wasn't just like, Oh, like, Hey, we, we needed a guy. Like I, 
props to that kid. Like, I don't know how you don't have someone on the actual team, uh, you know, to put, say, just, hey, put the pad yeah. sack up and put the fucking pads on. Yeah. So I mean, shout out to that kid. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to DM Langley and see if we can get that kid on, because that's got to be a hell of a story being like a, it's not he's like a football player or something coming to the hockey team. It's a legit like a swimmer. Nothing yeah, like, swimmers, I, but like non-contact oh, great athletes when you're swimming you're working every every muscle in your body but they, that's you know apples and oranges like yes yeah, michael phelps is a phenomenal athlete for sure is he uh are him and Braden holt be comparable not at all right <laughs> apples and oranges totally different things so yeah i mean that's that's awesome i mean i, I don't want to trash swimmers but it's it's apples to oranges right like michael phelps yeah. is one of the best american athletes of all time but that doesn't mean he can go step on the ice with no experience to play hockey so yeah awesome for that kid that's probably you know something he's going to tell his kids and i've mentioned it in previous episodes um i know you're still tight with all the guys that you grew up playing with we grew up playing together i just got mm-hmm. a, a wedding invite for a junior teammate like yep. in colorado like i mean the the, the locker room is, is something special and, and he got to be a part of it for one game. And there it is. So we're going to, yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, they got a big win four to two. The next game we had Yorktown, uh, I believe they got back on the winning track with a six, two win at Madison. Yeah. Uh, six, two win for Yorktown at Madison playing uh, down in Reston, but big, big game. Uh, Jason Meyer started the scoring Yorktown up one rip. Madison came back in the first uh, Carson Marr. Um, second period was dominated by Yorktown. We had three goals: Robbie Spaghetti, Josh Litterst, Jacob Kirschner. Yeah, Robbie Spaghetti, and then Drew Hall for Madison got on the board. Um, two more. There's uh, another Spaghetti uh, out in Yorktown. He There's got two on the board. Two Spaghettis. What's your Spaghetti policy? Any always know, sunny? But- any always sunny fans out there? Big win for Yorktown. Um, another another big game there for them and the spaghetti boys brothers spaghetti that's a good restaurant boys they can have a good restaurant down the road love it and another win on the night a big one battlefield stays in first place in their division with a four to three win over uh patriot uh yeah so we had friday night battlefield versus patriot um there's a reason coach isn't doing this one the first goal of the game for battlefield was by peter grogovich Gergovich. Yep. Gergovich. Uh, Gergovich. Gergovich. Battlefield. Uh, two goals in the first. Jamison Flint with the other. Um, Battlefield actually had four straight. So goals by Battlefield to start. Uh, or sorry, a scoreless first. And then second period, Grogovich, Flint scored. Third period, we had Hoffman, Morris. Uh, so Battlefield had a 4 nothing lead before having three goals. Uh, close game, comeback, short. Uh, horseshoes, hand grenades, whatever you want to say. That's but... tough. Go, go, I'm up 4 0, 4 0, and then <laughs> 1 4 3. Yeah, I mean, um, we've yeah. we've seen that recently on a national level, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, you, you can't, the, the, the one good, the one difference is they're coming down to, you know, playoffs here, end of the year. The Caps are what, 10 games into the year. But yeah, anytime you almost lose a, a four goal lead. Yeah. Ooh. But, yeah, oh. you know, things are getting exciting. Who knows? We've said it a million times. Anything that happens this year, like, could be a fluke. Like, who's who's sick? Who's there? Who, uh, I don't know. Yeah, who's but the nonetheless, you cannot squander four goal leads. Yeah, I mean, you can't do it. High school, the pros. But there it is, guys. Your quick high school hockey rundown. And now we're going to kick it to the interview, the future interview itself, Andrew Takis. All right, guys, we now welcome on an awesome guest, Dunkirk native, so shout out to CC, baby. We'll start with that. Team Maryland alum spent his high school career both at the Matha and Gilmore Academy. 
Tendi for the Maryland Black Bears, and now the Amarillo Bulls and a couple teams in between. But ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Takis, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you, man. Yeah. So what we like to do with the local guests, like we said, is kind of take it step by step through your career uh, from the jump. So when did you start playing hockey? Who was the first club you played for? I mean, how did it, how did it all get going? Oh, I, I must have been nine years old. I was my, my dad was from Massachusetts and he loved hockey. So when I was about that age where he knew I could at least start to learn how to skate and right. not, be, not be just falling around out there, he, he said, yeah, give it a try. I played a bunch of sports growing up, played baseball and stuff like that. So it was fun to, you know, get to experience all of it. But yeah, Bowie, Bowie playing rec hockey there was, was fun to learn how to at least skate. And then transitioning the goalie there was awesome. It was a fun time. Closest rink to Calvert County, man. That's the, that's the reason all, me and all oh, yeah. the Calvert County boys started playing, yep. driving up to Bowie. Well, do you ever it play it? It might be past your time. Did you ever play a Dunkirk roller rink? No, I didn't. No, oh, never. shit. Thank God. <laughs> holes holes in the floor. They have cones on the rink and all the ceiling would come down. It was, it was the nightmare. But that's where we all started. That sounds that like building, is that building even up still? Ceiling, ceiling fans coming down. Yeah, like it was like a it was a world gym for like well, dude, the, the Fort years. DuPont, everyone the, the thing was you just drop a roll of tape at the top of the locker room and rolls all the way down. Oh yeah. man, so funny. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so was it always goalie from the beginning or did you break in as a skater and switch kind of later down the line? And yeah. Then... Other than that rec league, right? You played, started yeah. rec D you said. Yeah, it was, it was the one year playing rec hockey as a defenseman and playing with just everybody just learned how to skate and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I don't know, just maybe playing. It was, I guess it was definitely playing street hockey. I was like playing with my dad right. and stuff and I'd, I'd put on the pads and stuff like that. And it was kind of fun. And he, and my dad was a goalie when he grew up. So he kind of was like, Hey, like, if you want to try it, go ahead. And I, I like I thank him for that all the time. So you, that, I wouldn't be playing what I am now. Absolutely, man. So you said you know you're playing street hockey, playing goalie. Um, when me and Billman were kids, I mean we're what ten years, nine years older than you. The goalie in the area was Kolzig. Everyone wanted to be mm -hmm. Kolzig. He had the oh, dope yeah. helmet, sick pads. Like, was is that is that age difference? I mean, was Kolzig still the guy, or or I mean, who was who's your goalie when you were growing up? Like, who was oh. your favorite? You know. My goalie for sure was like Jose Theodore. Like that was probably like the first one that was okay. in the Caps organization. But then when when Holby came onto the scene, I like I just remember him getting drafted and being with Hershey. I remember he I knew he was going to be like the stud coming up. So heartbreaking like to how hear, coach. Is with the Caps organization. <laughs> yeah. you know, Vanacek now, so it's and you they yeah. got a goalie program going now. You don't realize you're getting old until you start seeing like your old heroes retire. And now yeah. we've got a kid that's <laughs> nine years younger than us. He, yeah, Cole's like, yeah, sure. Like he was the goat for us, man. No, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. My dad used to tell me stories about how he would like buy a ton of cereal boxes and he'd be able to get tickets to Caps games and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. that's crazy. But back when the team was shit and you could just go to the game for like, I remember my dad would go to the games back when like Yager was yeah here. we'd like we'd buy them up in like the top of the 100 for 30 bucks and you just sneak down to the glass by the second you, period and you're you, good you could do that at one point in time with a college id um yeah. which i may have doctored but you also <laughs> got a chipotle burrito and it was like 20 bucks wow yeah. love it so building off bob's question there is there a attendee kind of past or present you model your game after like is there a certain like and what kind of goalie are you a hybrid are you a butterfly like i definitely play? say i'm like a hybrid you know when you're when you're six one six two, you know you're right at that gap where like you're almost considered almost a small goalie, and so like yeah. you want to stay on your feet as much as you can. But obviously, like especially with nowadays with guys being able to pick corners everywhere, like they can shoot just as well low as they can high. So it's like you've got to be able to drop down, especially like the side to side stuff like that. You've got to be able to move and be athletic. But for sure, like 
I would definitely say like Holby was a big one just because I think like he almost plays just the same style as me is almost like boring where like if you're always on top of stuff you don't have to make a crazy save but then when he does it's like holy cow he just made a crazy save yeah so, yeah you're not making dominic hasek style saves yeah. out there but then some of the time you, know, you got to pull out the flurry and just be out there and be ready to go when yeah, everyone loves a stack man yeah, yeah. that was a good stack so uh i mean we're going to talk about your high school career a little bit i mean you've been playing at a high level now the last what three years you've been in the north american league yeah um then you go to prep school as well so like what was the recruiting process like i mean i think it was what three years at damatha and yeah. then you went to gilmore so was there a decision i know i know uh, he knows what he's talking about over there like what was that conversation like yeah, I, I mean, I remember I was I was going to Southern Southern Middle, which is in uh, Anne Arundel County, because I live yeah. right on the border between Anne Arundel and Calvert, and I was f- deciding between both Archbishop Spalding and Dematha, and I knew I knew okay. both coaches really well, both Coach McCauley and was and Trent Coach there at the Trenton. time. Yeah. Yes, Coach Trent, and and they're both amazing coaches. Oh, I yeah. I would work with them constantly, even after the fact of deciding the high school and stuff like that, but. I mean, I knew with the math, I knew the education was going to be there. I knew the, like the success right. behind um, like the program, even the hockey program itself. Like I didn't even know this at the time when I was young, but my, my buoy coaches growing up, they all graduated from Dematha, and, and their kids who I went to and I played buoy with, we all went to Dematha together. So it was, it was almost like a brotherhood since I started playing hockey that was just built. Well, it's, what is it? Uh, scholars and uh, athletes. What is it called? Yeah. What, what, yeah. Athletes and scholars, and scholars, yes. Gentlemen and scholars, gentlemen, gentlemen and scholars. scholars something how could I forget? All of my best <laughs> friends went to the math. How could I forget? <laughs> so, talk about your last season at the math. You guys won the WCAC. You make that run to the MAPHL championship game. Unfortunately, fall to Gonzaga. There, I think it was a four-one game. But talk about that season as a whole. Talk about that team as a whole, and even that championship game. Like that's a crazy crowd for a kid. Yeah. I mean, that's totally. kind of the the pinnacle right there when you're in high school. Is that MAPHL what, championship game on a Friday night? I, yeah. yeah, that's what you dream of. That's the that's the one game a year that you know everybody's gonna be there for. And I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, everybody wants to support you, and that's and you know that was from both Gonzaga and Dematha. You know, there's always that rivalry. That's the that's the big rivalry in in the Washington area. So, I mean, and I mean, I, I guess it even went back to I mean, even when I started. I mean, Tony Tony was really good with me. He 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 knew I I that I just would develop over time. And he was like, hey, you're gonna start on v, the JV team, the V2 team, the first year, and that was great for me to develop. And then the year after that, we go on and we lose like in the semifinals of the MAPHL, win the WCAC, which was great. But, you know, it's always that MAPHL one you want. That's the big, that's the big guy. Yeah, that's it right and, there. And, you know, you, you go and you're playing with all your, your best friends and you're playing against them too, like Bassey for, for Gonzaga yeah. mm-hmm. and, and Connor Tate who had left and Cole Valise and all of them. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's always fun because you, you get, you get your time playing travel hockey, but then you also get your time to to support the school you go to. Would you say Gonzaga is your biggest rival? I mean, who'd you hate the most at Dematha? Oh, I I mean, I probably hated Spalding the most, okay. but definitely Gonzaga was the biggest rivalry. Yeah. So why Spalding? I guess we didn't anticipate that answer. I mean, that's always there's a team I mean, you were like, going to go to if not Dematha. <laughs> it's it's like it's one of those it's one of those things where they're not in our conference for any other sports really. So, I mean, the, the hockey is the one thing I have left that they, that they have left that they compete in considerably. And so I would say for sure, 
like I even I remember I was like in eighth grade and I would go to that game and that wasn't even like a championship game or anything, but it was just absolutely packed in Piney Orchard. And you're like, this is what I want to do. Like you're watching these kids that are just a couple of years older than you. Absolutely. I, I, I know that. Um, did you have a little, you know, honor to defend there for the rest of the math? None of the boys can play <laughs> him in any other sports. You guys had to take him out in hockey. Yeah, for sure. You know, but, uh, no, it's always the we have girls chant. But you know. yeah, yeah. So, you know, talk oh, about always. that a little bit. Um, <laughs> You know, there's you know plenty of people that that you've talked with or played with, and we t- we had Bryce on a few weeks ago. I know that you guys are close. Um, yeah, you still follow him at all? You stay in contact with him? We're trying to build that that chirping fam a little bit here. So oh no, totally. Bryce is Bryce is like a brother to me. You know, I I, I saw him a, a couple of times this summer and was skating with him. But you know, he's got a he's got a huge schedule and a busy schedule. I understand with that London team and and where he trains yeah. and stuff like that and where he's at, you know, sometimes you're just going to be like, Hey, like, like, okay. Yeah, it sounds wow, like you're... that kid's not yeah. still very much. Yeah, no, but we, yeah, we, I was my, my last year at the math and my junior year, he was a freshman. So he was two years younger than me, taller than me, bigger than me. And, and, and it was awesome. He was, I knew he was going to be like another, just another one of the brothers, even though he was kind of brand new to the team. And um, he was, I mean, absolutely skilled then one of the best in the league then so you know and i was driving him to the rink every day so we you know you kind of build that connection he's like well, a brother. it's a transitive property i mean you had to rub off on him a little bit there yeah yeah you know yeah. you gotta you gotta teach him the ropes especially as a freshman you know? yeah we're big transitive property guys we we're, yeah, we're basically yeah. we're basically d1 we've had some d1 commits on now so me and coach are basically d1 transitive property <laughs> <laughs> well, we had the whole brown kid episode. It was a big brain episode. Uh, if you want to call him out anytime he left you to dry at the math or anything. What's that? I said, if you want to call him out for something, anytime he like left you out to dry or anything, maybe a two on one breakaway, he, he let up. Oh man. I just remember him being ruthless <laughs> sometimes. Like we, we, we'd be up on a team like six to three and then he's going down and doing a wraparound goal with like one second left, just trying to get another goal. It's like, geez, savage. You never yeah. had to lay on the horn yeah, waiting to pick him up or anything. He's not waiting. You're not waiting in front of the house, honking the horn. Yeah, no. I mean, all right, all right. He, he was good all with right, it. He was right. good with it. He he knew his role. Uh, somebody you mentioned earlier, I want to kind of bring back up and go into a little more detail, and that's Coach Tony McCauley. Um, great coach, obviously very well known in the area. Talk about him as a coach more so, and kind of what he meant to your development, and what he's kind of like on and off the ice for those that don't know. Oh, he's he's he was a huge part of my like, I would say definitely my development because that you know it's that age between. Uh, like coming out of middle school and into high school that you, you grow that maturity. And for sure, there was a big learning curve there for me. I would say in my, in my sophomore to junior year that, that he really helped build with me. And um, I was going through some tough times then and, and he understood that and he was there for me, which I, I I'm forever grateful for. And I don't think I, I am the man today without coach Tony McCauley. Love it. That's awesome, man. That, that That's what hockey's all about building connections. Like, I'm getting, I played my last meaningful hockey game like seven or eight years ago and I'm getting wedding invites to junior teammates weddings, man. (laughs) But uh, forever. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So following up on, you know, your high school career, you eventually went to Gilmore Academy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was that process like? Uh, I know that we've got nothing but good things to say about Tony thus far. Was he supportive? Like, I know that he's a hockey mind and understands all that, like getting you to the next level is part of that process. But what was it like to, you know, leave DeMath and leave that brotherhood? No, absolutely. You know, he was, he was very supportive of it. I was, I had been looking for a little bit and I, you know, it's, it's always that weird thing where at at a certain age, they always say, Hey, get out. But like, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're trying to fix that with bringing stuff in like the Maryland black bears and stuff where guys can stay local and still succeed. But 
I knew I knew it. There was a certain point where I knew I could step my game up a, another level and play at a higher level. And I knew that Gilmore had the the same exact pedigree for academics as Dematha had. But I knew they had a higher level hockey team that played in the great division of prep school hockey, and as well they played in a in a AAA program. So financially, it was also an, an amazing thing for my my parents as well. That's awesome, man. So then you you did make the jump from Gilmore straight to the North American League, is that right? Yeah, I played I played two games right at the end of the season and at when I was at Gilmore when the season was over and then stepped in the next year to, to full full time with the Black Bears. So was that were you drafted, were you tendered? Like what was that process like and then the latter half of that, you know, moving on to Odessa? Yeah, so I was I was tendered because I, I was on an affiliate for those for those two games mm-hmm. the year before. And um, yes, it was a tender, which then you just have to make the team after main camp and tryouts and all that stuff. And, and that team was great. I loved all the guys on it, played with amazing guys, you know, Hampus Rydquist, who's at, who's at Miami now, yeah. Skoog, who was there for half. Skoog, yeah, he's that been on a couple of times. He's a goofball, yeah. man. The whole, the whole team is just crazy skilled. Even the guys who are still there now, Mountain, Bruich, Sidlowski, they're all brothers to me. So, I mean, I'm so happy for all of them. And then moving on to Odessa, like, what, were you traded there? Yeah, I was traded. Um, it was like a, a switch. I think they got like a goalie and a player for it. Yeah, it was it was a it was a surprising trade, but uh, I was I was excited because I knew I could go down there and like compete and and know that I was going to be facing a ton of shots every game, and and I could be the difference maker in 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 terms of whether we won or lost a game. So I, I hate to do the like back in my day, and I'd like to preface that I did not play in the North American League. But when I was playing ten years ago, you know, yeah, the South Division was the Wild West, man. It was oh, the yeah. tough division. There were scraps every night. Like, is the style of play different down there now than it was oh, yeah. ten years ago, or the the conference is different from playing from the East to the South? Is there a major oh, difference? The great, the greatest quote that uh, that we always say after every win is it's it's hard to win in the South because it is a it is a man's league, like the, the, mm-hmm. the even if you're a small guy now in the, in the Null South, you, you you have to hit, you have to be ready to get hit. Um, I, I definitely say there's a, there is a huge difference between the divisions. I can't speak for the Midwest or the other like out there region in the in the West, but I, I'd say definitely say the East is a lot more run and gun with some guys that do have some physical sense, but the the, the South is definitely a lot more defensive and a lot more um, body to body. Sure. Well, then you go up to that, you know, the Northern divisions, all those mini kids, it's all stick work, man. Those yeah. kids don't hit. It's all stick yeah. work. <laughs> no, I, sure. I, I kind of want to go back to the trade you were talking about. I mean, you go from the black bears, to the jackalopes, and you kind of said it was shocking, but how much of a surprise did that catch you? But I mean, obviously the team wasn't doing that great that year. I mean, it was like the first or second year of the program, yeah. uh, but you were playing well, you weren't playing bad at all, but I mean, how much of a shock was that to you? Cause I mean, I'm sure you enjoyed playing like at, at Piney Orchard. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, they were saving a billet. They didn't have to, they didn't have to build you yeah. anywhere. Yeah. It's the, the best, it was the best place I could have been. You know, it's no one else gets the opportunity to play at home, be 15 minutes from a ring right. and, and, and play at a, at a high level of hockey, especially the null. So, I mean, in the beginning of the year, I did have some ups and downs. I would, I would agree with that. We were a 500 team, but then right before, that was like the December Christmas time. We were on like a seven game heater. And I remember I was, I was thinking, and I was talking to my dad about, it. I was like, we, we got a break here. It's going to be a little rough after this. And we went like, and like got swept once and we went like one and one the next weekend. And yeah, it came as a surprise. It was just one, a one weekend after that, a couple of weeks after we had a little break and 
I, I was shocked. I was, I was heartbroken. I got, at least I got to see the guys like one more yeah. time before I did have to head down there. But I mean, the, 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 the transition was quick and easy and from both ends that it was, it was an easy process. Well, before you jump in here, coach, I did want to add right. one more thing. Like I, we're always trying to raise the, uh, I'd say the average, you know, hockey IQ in the area, Andrew. And yeah, people don't even, people don't know what the tender process is like. People don't know that we have 15, 16, 17 year olds that can get traded halfway across the country, man. So I think that just, that goes to show, you know, your, uh, intuitiveness there. Right. Yes. Especially with the COVID area, uh, like the COVID part now it's, it's even worse because there's kids, there's kids getting bumped up and down every yeah. level. You got college kids coming down to play USHL. You got USHL kids getting bumped to the null. It and all depends just, who's having a season and who's yeah. not. It's flowing. Uh, it's constantly. So it's crazy. So kind of some weird questions here. Why the black pads? I mean, do you find that to have like more swag than the white ones? I feel like you yeah, can wear you're... black pad. Did you first switch the black pads when you were with the black bears? Yeah, that was my, that was my first set in a while. I mean, I had, I might've had a black set when I was with Bowie. That was, but that would have been ages ago, but. Yeah, the black set was was pretty cool. I found them on on like sideline swap or something like that. Okay. perfect, and they were sweet, all black with red on the side. Knew they yeah. were going to pretty well. So all you right, have no right. issue, you know, seeing the puck. I know people, oh, white pad, you can see the puck better. No, no oh, issue. I've, I've actually heard, I've I've heard multiple times that it makes me look bigger, and especially only being six one, yeah. six two. You know, hey, you can take all the size you need. So see, I, mean, I guess let's... when it's loose, you can hide the puck better. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's face let's face facts here, Takis. You're a goalie, so you're a weirdo. Um, shit, yeah. Yeah. Well, so what what are the weird things, or maybe not so weird things, that are normal to you? Any weird, you know, you're talking to your posts, or do you warm up in a different way? What are the things that you get chirped for, you know, being a goalie for? No, I mean, I definitely say I'm. I like to say I'm one of the more normal ones, and you know, every every goalie would like to say that and be comfortable yeah. with it. But I mean, there's obviously a couple of things, but like, I, I, I'm not really a big routine guy in terms of before games. I like to stay nice and loose and stuff like that. I love playing like sewer with the guys before games, just like keep up. That's always fun. I've done that since the math of days. That's always been like the fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. Or, but you know, like it's always the rituals, like all hockey players have the stick taping yeah. and stuff like that. But no, I mean, but you're kind of cool being around the guys and not just like off isolated by yourself, just doing. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that has to sit and like you know train and like stare at the wall and yeah. stuff. You gotta like, touch the warm dots, up, warm up the eyes, yeah. Yeah. touch yeah. the dots, and you know yeah, do no. all that weird shit. You get you get tracking and stuff during warm ups, and and you're good to go. You get so, tracking. This might be an easy one, might be a hard one. Toughest guy or guys, plural. Uh, whose shot you've had the most trouble with? I know you, I, mean, I hate to say it as a attendee, but is there one guy throughout your career who's kind of been like, when you're facing him, you're like, dude, that guy's got my number. It's, I got to figure something out here. I definitely say like, in terms of skill wise, for sure, Skoog has got to be up there as one of the, one of the most talented players I've ever played yeah. against. Just his, his release and the way like mm-hmm. it, it comes off his stick is just so quick and pure. And it's like, you'll just, and it's the same thing when you talk about like just the overall skill, not even like a shot basis, but like when he's pulling off the Michigans and stuff like that. Yeah. Did that in his first game at BU? Like, like no one, no one sees it, but he's sitting there doing it a hundred times in practice yeah. behind the net. Every time he gets a rebound behind the net, he's doing it no matter what. Like it's just hysterical, but like at a young age, for sure. I would say Bryce, I just, I knew he was going to be one of those skilled players with a hard shot for sure. Love it. So kind of another maybe tough, maybe easy one. What, in your opinion, was your best season so far? Is there like one season that it could be like back in the math? It could be now. It could be this season, obviously, with the numbers you're putting up. But you were just completely on one. It felt like you were playing the best you ever have. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would I would say for sure 
this year is going to be huge. I, I, yeah. I've already, I've already said to like the, the guys here that I would put money on it, that we would make it to a Robbie cup this year. We okay. just have that type of, we have, we have that type of team. I know we, if we, if we played well every single night that we can be a, a, a huge contender, especially in the South, but for, for going for a championship, I know that this, this team and this organization has done it before and we can do it again. I mean, kind of correct me if I'm wrong here, but five and zero, one seven two goals against average and nine thirty two save percentage. How are you? Yeah. Yep. How are you? I mean, not bad. Not yeah. a bad season. So yeah, just for let the start, record show, going. Let the record show. He said he would put money down. He has not. If any, you know, <laughs> we'll put the money listening. down. We'll put the money down for you. Yeah. yeah. No, the guys. The guys. Quote here is is they put the mortgage on it. If they got Love it, if they got a bet. They always put the mortgage on it, and I would. I put would build his so, house on it. <laughs> This is uh this is going to be a new question that I ask every week I think but um, like I said you know we're we're constantly trying to pump up the DMV and mm-hmm. and uh, bring a little more hockey awareness like who who are some people or maybe the one guy that we should be talking to is he you know locker room prankster you know stud hockey player like who's who's a local kid that you think we should have on here? Ooh. I would love to say like Adam Varga. Have you talked to him before? No, I haven't. No. Local kid. He was here for a couple years, played for Washington Little Caps. Very skilled player. Um, also in the OHL, I believe, still right now. Um, Reed Liebold uh, okay. from the Black Bears. Awesome guy to talk to. I would say any of the Maryland Black Bears players. They're all going to be characters. Um, Mountain's an awesome guy. Yeah, we got to get Mountain. I, we had the new kid, on? Hunter McCoy. No, we had, we had Hunter McCoy on last week. We got to get Mountain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard he was a really, really nice guy, but I never yeah. got to meet him. So, Love right it. on. We'll have to hit up Adam Varga. I'm looking at him right now. He's doing, but we do need to get Mountain. He had a hat trick last game. Yeah, yeah. no, he had a big night. Hey, with chick- hey, with a chirp and bump. Chirp yeah, and bump. So, last question for me is is kind of a simple one, but you know, what's next? What's the ideal situation for Andrew Takis next year? Is it NCAA? Is it Canada? Have you been in any talks with teams or schools or anything? Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, with with the COVID, I mean, it, it sucked for a little bit that I was not like, you're not playing games, stuff like yeah. that. Like when I came here, this was the first set of games that I had played in a year. Right. This was like my first real game. So it was awesome to get back here. And, and obviously like those, those college recruiting is, is starting to build and stuff, but it, it, I, I, like I'm just trying to keep building my resume and not even think about it right now. I think it's still too early. I still, I know I still have another year and obviously that's, right. that's an amazing thing to have with the whole COVID situation. Um, but it's just finding the right like situation, whether I, that's next year I go to college or the year after that. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a crazy rush right now, especially with no, all the COVID. Sure. Stuff and you do have you have another year after this one, correct? Yeah, I was because I was I was luckily I wasn't one of those kids that, and that's what I'm so thankful for with Gilmore. I didn't have to repeat a year going to a, a, another prep school, so my grades were always there, so it was okay. So another full okay. year of eligibility, A's, baby. Look out, North American League. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Especially with the way you're playing, then I feel like options are going to be open, but yeah, it's more concentrating on what you're doing now. Uh, Bobcat, what you got? I'm I do. Last thing I got to say, man, is let's make a trek to the Robbie here. We'll be following you. Um, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll chat, chat with you. Give us a little playoff preview here towards the end of the year, man, but oh, love sure. having you on love growing the game and uh, go bulls, baby. Oh yeah. Always, always here to grow the Maryland hockey, you know, I mean, especially when you, when you grow up here and you, you know, it's not as big as something like football or basketball. You just right, want, right. You got that well, family. Just even looking them. at the the jump from, like I said, I've said it the third time now, but we're you know less than a decade apart, and yeah. this is just leaps and bounds the, the the growth that the game has had in this area. Absolutely, so keep it on. Absolutely, insane. So there it is, Andrew Tackett. Thanks again for coming on, man.
No, thank you so much. Had a blast here. Thank you. All right, thanks again to Andrew Tackett for hopping on. That was a good interview. I enjoyed that a lot. He's a good kid. Yeah, and we didn't mention it uh, before the interview, but he did start his career in Bowie also. So mm-hmm. what do you know? What do you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of Andrew Takis and his former team, the Maryland Black Bears, let's get into him a two-game stand on the first and the second. This past week, it was like Monday and Tuesday, but uh, good, not great weekend. It's it's another split. It's another split series. It's what we talked to Hunter McCoy about. It's They started, they kicked it off. They lose 4-2 to two to Dan Barry in the first game, and in the second game, uh, they pull out a squeaker, winning 3-2 yeah. to two in that one. Unfortunately, Maryland has dropped back to third place in that division. Uh, Johnstown is in first. Maine is in second. So 35 points for Johnstown, 33 for Maine. Uh, Maryland with 29 points. I mean, Danbury, they have only played 11 games. So, again, it's tough to judge off of just standings. Um, but that's the last place team in a division. Can't be splitting games with them, right? Like, we talked about how close that division is. Um, yeah, unfortunately, didn't come out with two Ws. But, uh Gotta gotta cover our black bears. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, we I love mean they're up there. Bears. It's it looks like Johnstown took over first in the league, uh, thirty five points in twenty three games. Maryland twenty nine in third place, but Maine's still sitting there uh, in second. And guess who the black bears play next? Maine again. Yeah, I mean, they the, they have to win these games. Or uh, we've talked about it. It's just like the NHL, man. Like they're not yeah. two point games. They're four point games. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in, in all reality, they're four point games. Um, yeah, so let's hope that they, you know they they, they got to stop splitting. I know we keep talking about it, but we got to stop splitting games here. Yeah, for sure. And let's give a quick shout out to Black Bears defenseman Jack Hillman. He committed to Holy Cross. Yeah, that's another commit for the Black Bears at three on the year so far. Yeah, uh, something like that. So. But yeah, that's awesome. We'll we'll uh, hopefully get him on soon too. Maybe see what went in that decision. And we've talked to a lot of college commits this year, and those are pretty fun conversations to have. But yeah, Black Bears, we got to start getting four point weekends, right? All right, Team Maryland in the EHL. They're mid. They're mid series right now versus Connecticut Rough Riders. Unfortunately, dropped one yesterday. Bob, two to three. Uh, tough loss. Yeah, tough loss for uh, Team Maryland. There, Rough Riders got out to a early lead. Connor Sullivan scored just under three minutes in the game for Connecticut. Dennis Arkapenko on the power play for Team Maryland. Um, Connecticut scores another one, ends the period two one. Team Maryland did start the scoring in the second. Uh, tying the game up was Vincent Maurice on the PP. That's two PP goals for Team Maryland on the game. And then uh, Dallas D'Amato, unfortunately, broke the tie in the second, had a scoreless third. Team Maryland drops a close one, 3-2 to the Connecticut Rough Riders. Um, yeah. But they I do mean, get the revenge today if they can at 1230. Yeah, I mean, they put 40 shots on goal. <laughs> like, put 40 shots on goal and you don't win. That's tough. Anthony and lose, yeah. Yeah, two on the power play. I mean, 40 shots on goal and no even strength goals. That's a little tough. But, um, you know, Team Maryland, is go- they're going through a little bit of shit right now. And, uh, yeah. unfortunately, we, we're, we're going to cover it and, 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 you know, mention it. But uh, I'll let you take over here, Coach. Yes, for sure. So, Evan Donnelly, Team Maryland kid. Um former Spalding captain took him to the MAPHL championship a few years back. Please consider going to their Instagram, looking at the link in their bio and donating him and his family have lost their house to a fire. Um, his mother, Lisa, who's their billet coordinator actually for the team suffered a second degree burns as well. So any donations are appreciated um, to the Donnelly family, local kid. Let's, let's be local hockey people helping local hockey people here and go to the team, Maryland. Um, their Instagram is literally just team Maryland EHL and the GoFundMe is in, the um in the bio there 
Absolutely. Let's, uh, you know, support local hockey. I know pretty much every interview we have, we want to say, you know, support local hockey, support local hockey, but uh, let's actually support local, local family here. I mean, billet coordinator, if you guys don't know what goes, in, goes into that. 36,000 right now. She is the one, uh, she houses ain't cheap, but she's the one that um, she's coordinating all these kids that are coming from different cities, states, countries, and finding them host families to live in while they're overseas or different time zones. So, um, the ice rink is, a, is, you know, an escape for most people or a way to get away from what's going on at home. And right now the kid doesn't have a home. So let's, let's chip in here, uh, show some love for Team Maryland and Evan Donnelly. So at the USPHL now, big showcase weekend. Uh, I'm going to cover the P-Pats here. Bobcat's going to cover the Hampton Road Whalers. So I'll start, we'll start in the Premier Division. Saturday, January 30th, the Potomac Patriots would actually get off to a 1-0 lead in this freaking uh, showcase is they would win the first game four to three versus Florida junior Everblades, but they would drop the next two six to two to the Atlanta Mad Hatters and six to one uh, to the Charleston Colonials. So it's a promising start there for grads and the guys. I mean, you get that first win, obviously you lose the next two and then, the, the, and then they would lastly lose their uh, fourth one on Monday, but by a f- score of two to one to the floor eels. Yeah, man. I, what I'm seeing here is at least, you know, Potomac is they're competitive. They're getting wins. We know Gratz isn't just going to roll over and let the guys not play. So yeah, I mean, it's good to see them, you know, competitive playing hockey still and, and, and having good games and some success too. Yeah. Uh, so but, in that first game, it's uh, Will Reddick gets the first goal. Um, Michael Kramer gets another one and Michael Kramer would get the third. So, and then it looks like it goes to either a, it goes to a shootout. So the Florida Junior Blades would go over three in the shootout, uh, while Michael Kramer would get the only one for the P Pats and give them the win. Uh, Hampton had a little bit better weekend up at the showcase. Uh, they ended up going two and one. First game they beat Tampa three to two, rolled over the uh, Junior Blades eight to two, um, and then lost to the Florida Eels one rip. Um, that eight to two game, I think they had. Let me pull it up here. They had a five point night and a six point night. Um, let me just make sure I'm correct here, but that's, that's a, I can't not mention that Kyle Watson, one goal, five apples, uh, and Sacha Tanoli with a hat trick plus two helpers himself in that huge win. Uh, so yeah, I mean, can't be too upset. You go up to a showcase playing teams you've never played before coming out two and one. Um, but one thing I do want to mention is the, the standings in the premiere are just so bizarre compared to. Uh, years previous, right? Like I know that we're always talking about uh, Hampton being one of those teams at the end of the year that's always relevant. Um, and it, it's 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 definitely a bizarre year. So going over the standings for that division, Southeast Division, Charlotte's in first, fifty nine points. Junior Hurricanes, forty eight points. Richmond is in third with forty one. Hampton, thirty six points, and then Potomac is in fifth with uh, seven points. But um, I don't think they Potomac had a win before Gratz got there, right? So that's three wins since he signed up. Um, but yeah, just an unusual kind of standing situation right now. We're always yeah. used to that that Hampton team being a powerhouse. Yeah, for sure. So kicking it over to the elite side, the the elite Patriots go Apo Taco of the Premier team. So the Premier team starts with the first win, and they lose next three. But uh, the elite team, they would lose to the Florida Junior Blades three to two. They would lose to Atlanta zero to seven. They would lose to the Charles. Town Colonials four to two, which means there's only one thing left to do, and that's fucking win, baby. So they would beat the Florida Eels uh, by a score of four to one in their last game of this showcase here. So shout out to a couple guys picking up some tucks in this game. 
Um, you had you had Fisher Hall getting a goal. You had Noah Ludman getting a goal. You had Josh Davis getting a goal. And you had Isaac, fuck me, B- Balog, Balog, hey, getting a talk. <laughs> so Cole Eskins, shout out to him, turns away 22 of 23. Yeah, and then flipping over um, to Hampton, like we said, we're not going to talk. Generals, we got RC coming on to do that. Hampton beats Tampa 4-5. They beat the Blades two rip and then they lose to the eels two to three so they go two and one against the same teams that uh the premier team had that five four game um hampton roads we had let's see here going down the stat sheet looks like contributions from anybody nobody had more than a two-point game um like to see the the spread out scoring there and then ty morton had 26 shots against 22 saves they put up 40 shots uh hampton put up 40 shots in that first game against tampa uh, one goal win for Hampton. Uh, game two was two nothing against the Blades, uh, Junior Blades. That is um, nothing really super noteworthy there. Nathan Fisher scored. Kyle Ball scored. Shout out Kyle Ball. That's a character on Shameless. But Nate Haas with uh, 22 for 22 pitching a no no. Um, put up 41 shots. Put up 41 shots again. So uh, Hampton's firing the puck, man. Uh, if they're doing anything, they're shooting the dang puck. They do lose a one goal game to the Eels, um, just like the premier team, like we mentioned in that game. They right. put up 50 shots. Jesus Christ. They put up 50 shots that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't fault a hot goalie there. Goals by Jaden Lamell uh, and Hunter Sign there. Um, but two and one in the showcase for both Hampton Roads premier and elite teams. Love it. So there it is, the USPHL roundup outside of the Richmond Generals, who we're going to kick it to RC Like right now to do it all over. But Bobcat, that's it for us for the week. We're going to let RC Like the interview take us out. Join us Tuesday, episode 88. 88. Nate Ben Raby. Ben Raby coming on. Nate Schmidt uh, episode. Sorry, we do not have Nate Schmidt yeah. coming on. It's just the numbered yeah. episode. Ben Raby yeah. will be on. And Raby tells a hilarious story about how Bruce Brujo chewed his ass out with like a hilarious lie. Something that has to do with Notre Dame football and Ben Raby getting in trouble by Bruce Brujo. But Bobcat, anything to leave the people on for the weekend? Uh, stay safe, stay warm, and uh, let's go Cavs. And let's, let's go Cavs Swamp Kings. Let's go fucking Swamp Kings, baby. Peace out, everyone. All right, guys, we now welcome back on for, I think, I think it's the third time he's been on. It's a guy down, it's our guy down south in Richmond, RC, like the doer of all things, Richmond Generals. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me on again. We're good, we're good. Yeah, man, this has been, I was telling Billman every time he's talked, I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I, dude, I haven't seen RC in forever. Like, I got to get on with him. So I'm, we're stoked <laughs> to have you back, man. It's good to see you. Love having DMV guys on and especially being back in the, the DMV finally. So what's up? What do we got to talk about, Billman? So let's start with the elite team, RC. I mean, it looks like you guys are now up in tied for first place right there. Obviously, Charlotte's got a game in hand on you, but kind of take us through this season as how it's been uh, for that elite squad. And uh, has there been any issues? We kind of talked about it before recording with the COVID. I mean, coming into the preseason, was there any doubt that there wouldn't be a season or were you guys rearing and ready to go the entire time? I think we were rearing and ready to go. Um, the USPHL as a whole made a uh, – a very good statement to our league saying that we are playing and we are going to play and we're going to have protocols in place. And, um, you know, to their credit, they've done two things better than anybody else right now in this time. They've been able to continue playing and having good quality hockey playing all the time and adhering to protocols that they set and sticking to it. And then secondly, creating the hub in Florida, which no one, in North America has been able to do and be successful with 
or even at that matter, try to pull off has been very impressive. And that to me, the hub thing has been, you know, I know we didn't get to play in it, but the idea of what they're doing, the, the amount of players and teams that are playing is drastic and the amount of time and energy spent to pull that off has been phenomenal. And, you know, they deserve some credit on that, being able to do something that leagues like the North American league and the USHL and Canadian tier two have not been able to do. Well, so, it, not to mention the, the, the width of the league. I mean, there's teams in the USPHL from all over. I mean, um, they even took, uh, was it some of the Western States teams this year? So yeah, man, like you're saying the amount that the, the USPHL has done, like that we're, we're cross country at this point, having teams playing on all different levels. Uh, it, it is impressive and it definitely, uh, we, I don't know if we've done a good enough job of mentioning it, so I'm glad you brought it up. But it's it's really impressive, uh, all things considered. V- yeah, very, I mean, very, very valid points. I'm very, I'm very quick to, you know, to call out things that, regardless if it's our league or not, that I don't like, I don't agree you? with. No, not at all. Right? <laughs> um, and you know that I can't, I can't stress enough the 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 job that the league has done. Um, you know, keeping our players safe, keeping our players on the ice, keeping our teams able to play hockey. And then, you know, the idea that they pulled off with the hub. I mean, uh, it's been very, that, that part has been extremely impressive. Well, yeah, and you guys just got back from uh, the showcase. What was that set up like? Uh, it was good. It was different. Um, I think it was put together very well for kind of being thrown together at the last minute. And what I mean by that is our South Southern showcase was planned, but it was planned to be in Carolina. And up until about a month, prior because of the new regulations we had to move it to charleston number one to allow fans number two to allow scouts number three to allow the amount of volume of teams and players to be able to have this um and you know charleston had to accommodate on short notice and they did a good job of putting it together and and making it go off without a hitch for sure um and it it went well so Love it, love it. So we've been we've been keeping up with you guys, obviously, and when we do the do the episodes, and every time we check the standings, like where the hell's Richmond, where the hell's Hamptons, because we're usually used to you guys being one and two the entire time. But this elite team's now off on a six game heater, like we said, and up in first place. What's been what's been working so well? Um, the elite team, you know, it's it's just tough competition, tough sledding in the Southern Division. I mean, the elite team's done everything they possibly can. So right now we're tied with Charlotte. We've been the number one team all year long. We're five, one and one against Charlotte in seven games. I mean, the series is not close, Um, but yet we could win out completely um, all of our games win. And we still might not win the regular season championship and our division championship as crazy as it sounds with a 36 win season out of 44 (laughs) games. Um, You know, Charlotte's come on fire. And unfortunately, we played them in the beginning of the year and we haven't played them since. Um, So unfortunately, we don't hold our fate. All we can do is control what we do, um, which is, you know, our remaining games and control our own destiny in that aspect and prepare for playoffs. Um, You know, with the team, we lead the league at the elite level in every single category. Uh, Power play goals for shorthanded goals for penalty minutes, of course, which isn't always the greatest (laughs) thing, Um, you know, wins. Uh, overtime wins, you know, league leaders and, you know, forwards and defensemen scoring. I mean, that team has been uh, super successful. They bought in um, a lot of really good young players, a lot of really good, what I call tweeners that are O1s and O2s. Um, and it's been a pleasure to coach those guys. They, uh, they just get better and better every week. And I think right now um, 
you know, we're peaking and we, we were able to add two really big pieces uh, that we just added in the Yingling twins uh, to Yingling the elite twins. team, which are. Um, Did see those names. Pieces. Yeah. Gavin yeah, and Brendan. Huh. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, um, they were supposed to come with us last year, halfway through the year. Brendan um, had surgery on his knee and was going to join us after January. And once he didn't join, obviously his brother didn't want to join. They kind of said, you know what? We're just not going to play hockey. We're twins. And we do together. <laughs> yeah. And they called me this season, you know, about a month ago and have said, we really want to play. Uh, they were in college. Um, they were just playing men's league and stuff and, and came back. And you're talking about two guys that are old ones. They're both very big boys, very strong. I mean, Brendan broke every two record. Of them. In the, yeah. Every, every <laughs> record in the EHLP had 147 points, 67 goals, won every award the year before. And, and Gavin, you know, same thing, league leader in penalty minutes, league leader in points for defensemen, uh, power play points, you know, the whole nine yards. So those are two huge pieces that we just added to uh, for our championship. Line. Coach, you did mention that you're, you're in control of your own destiny. And it, it, I, as a, you know, former player, former coach, former everything like that, that's probably easier for you as a coach, right? Like you're telling guys, all you got to do is worry about yourself. Like you don't have to worry about what's down the road, worry about yourself, take care of business. And what happens happens. Like you said, those guys have put themselves in an awesome position. Uh, What haven't they done this year? Like you really only have to worry about yourself at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think those are great points. I mean, for us, we always stress to ourselves that we try to get better each and every day. Um, You know, it'd be the best version of ourselves we can be. That's a big thing in our culture. And, um, you know, that's what we control. We control stuff that we can, we handle, meaning anything that we do and we can get better with, we control. And the other stuff is just outside noise. So everybody wants to talk about who's better, who's this. I don't care. At the end of the year, our results speak for themselves and hopefully we'll be holding up another national championship banner. So yeah, yeah. the goal is to be the last team playing, right? Playing yeah. the yep. last game of the year. Sure. And it's going to so, be, and it's going to be tough. So yeah. So you mentioned the Yingling twins. Who are some other guys? I'm seeing a couple 30 point getters on that elite team. Who are some other guys that are just absolutely having a hell of a season? It's crazy. Um, you know, that team is probably one of the most well-balanced scoring teams we've ever had. Um, you look down the lineup and, you know, our fourth line, what you would consider a fourth line. We don't have a fourth line. We have what most teams would consider a first or second line all the way through our lineup. Um, we have four defensemen that have, you know, one that's averaging a point a game, three or four that are the, you know, top 10 in scoring in D-men. Our goaltenders um, have all the best numbers in the league. We have three great goalies. Um, you know, the, the scary thing about that is that with our forwards, we have an unbelievable deep forward crew. And, um, you know, some of the guys that aren't in the lineup that don't get to go in, which are your younger guys, would be top players on other teams. And, right. you know, they have to bust their butt just to get in one game here. And I think in one sense, it's – it's tough when you're a younger player and you're like, what do I have to do to get in the lineup? Like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. It's just, right. we're just that deep. This year is just a, a different year with all the players not playing due to COVID and everything that's going on with Canada. And it's just, it's wild. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got young guys that are, you know, struggling for lineup spots or fighting for lineup spots, but if you're not competing in practice and competing for roster spots, like people take for granted being in a lineup. So that's, you sound like you got a lot of, um, not terrible issues to have, right? We got to worry about ourselves. We got to fight for lineup spots. We've got everyone <laughs> yep. produced. Sounds like a tough gig down there. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to – the biggest thing about <laughs> this group is buying in, right? Being yeah. the guys going, well, why am I not – Well, that's the, the hardest thing, especially yeah. with young guys, right? Like young guys – And especially when it's young guys and you're playing too well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's a thing of where, okay, we're winning a lot of damn games here. And it's just like, all right, I got to make sure these guys aren't like, hey, like, we got to calm them down a bit. And I, and I think the nice thing about our team is when you look at this balanced scoring, one thing that I'm always big on is – there's a lot of teams I'm not, you know, that when they beat a team badly, they like to put their best players on the ice and give them six, seven, eight, nine points a game. Yeah. For us, we never, we never, we never do that. And, you know, one of the things we always do is rotate our players. And when we're in situations like that, we're not having our top power play line and our top right. line guys on the ice. We're, we're still, we're playing our lower depth guys and we're rotating our lineup. So, why I give that credit and why I highlight that is when you look at our roster, you're not going to look at our roster and watch guys that have 40 and 50 points or 30 points having 20 of those points against the worst team in the league. You know, we have very consistent scoring, very consistent players. And I think that's a testament to the, to the strength of the group that we have. Well, we could talk about the, the elite team all night and yeah. things like that, but we do have another team to talk about. Yeah. Um, same showcase, uh, both elite and premier teams went down to Charleston, right? Yep. So what's going on? What, how are we looking in the elite? I mean, we've talked about the standings. and um, yeah. Elite's I mean, buzzing. Premier's just kind of right there in third place. I mean, but the, I mean it, those top two yep. teams seem to be real close. And uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're I mean, no better than any of us. It's stop and go, please. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Good, we got good. a special guest. Yeah, you're good. So, um, I think with the premier team, I think we have the capability to be the best team. There's no question that we have the talent um, yeah. and the depth for that. I think two things have been hurting us drastically. Um, one has been consistency, um, being able to put back to back games um, on. We'll come out and we'll just absolutely dominate a team and then the next night we'll just beat a team the same team or we'll come out and we just don't play the same way and I think there is one reason to that that has played a large part to this point in the season with the premier team as good as a record we have and in the division I mean we have a winning record against everyone in our division and we have a an even record with Charlotte who's first place in the whole league so we're three three and one with them in seven games so I mean when you look at our record against the top opponents, it's very good. But yeah. the problem is, like I, I'll highlight Charlotte, is they've been more consistent yeah. every night and bringing it. And for us, I think a little bit has to do with the injuries. So this year has been wild. Um, and in, I mean, in hell, it looks like there's I, 50 people on this roster right here. Yeah, it's like <laughs> in the nine years we've had the program, I have never had more injuries than we have had this year with this COVID year. I mean, we have had ridiculous injuries not okay a couple weeks you know a month like we've had to date five season ending injuries uh, numerous injuries that are three four months we have guys still have that or have not been back I have yet to play uh, a, a one game where I could go to my roster and say okay I have everybody here let's put the best possible roster you know team on the ice I haven't been able to do that yet because of all the injuries so I think that that's playing a large part in some of the consistency, but at the same time, you know, I don't, I'm not an excuse guy. As you guys know, I'm a next man up guy. So oh, yeah. other guys need to pick up the slack and say, well, here's my opportunity. And I don't think they've always done that. So those are the two areas for the premier team for me 
that have put us in the position that we're in. I think we have a good shot to finish in second and, and take home ice, which I believe we, we could do um, and we should do. Um, but we have to play our game. And I think we're, we're getting to a point where the guys are starting to understand our identity and how to play to be successful. And now we just got to do it night in and night out. I love it. I mean, speaking of consistency though, I mean, Matt Wood, he seems pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's about as consistent in everything that you could think of as a, as a player and from a coaching perspective that you want in a player uh, work ethic, compete level, leadership qualities, um, you know, obviously putting up points and, and being productive uh, in that area, special teams. I mean, he plays in all areas. Um, I think the biggest thing though, I always believe this as a coach and as a player is when one of your best players is your hardest worker, your mm-hmm. first guy on the ice, your last guy off the ice, the first guy in the gym, the last guy out of the gym, you're going to have a very strong team. And that that's exemplifies Matt Wood completely. You can't teach that either. Uh, that's no. that's not a, you can't you can't I mean I, no. I mean we've all done it we've all played with good players that are shithead teammates or vice versa great teammates may not be the best players wink wink myself um, but yeah so I mean the we, we don't do a good enough job I think of giving Charlotte respect just because it's a DMV podcast we don't need to talk about them but since they've been in the league they've been a great team they they put together good teams since I mean where they four or five years in um, so I don't mean to to knock them by any means but we want our guys up there. We're going to pump our local guys. So oh, no, <laughs> they've, no got, a great, they've I mean. got a great squad and they're for you guys to have the, the winning record against the top teams. Like I know you say about the elite team, you only have to worry about yourself, but you have to think in the back of your mind that you're not a team sitting in third place, worried about the first place team, which is a nice thing, right? No. Like any given night, your guys can play with anybody, but on the other hand, on any given night, they may not bring it against the lower end guys. But I mean, it sounds like we're, we're on the right page and, um, I know there's no doubt about the the culture that you've cultivated down there. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to give Charlotte any more credit though. <laughs> Roll Jens. Well, I, give, I, give, I, that, I love it. Roll Jens is right. Um, I give, I give a lot of credit to our division and one of the ways that we look at it. I mean, the Southern division. Always just, the best. Always the best. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not debatable. Everybody wants to say, be fair, be, it's not debatable. You look at the championships, the league's been in existence for six years elite and premier two different championships 10 of 12 years the southern division is one they've been in the finals every year well and even if you date back further than the 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 new usphl and even further back it's still the same case like there's just teams come from the south yeah and and that is the biggest i i think the biggest handicap for some of our teams in the south is you could take any four of our teams every year and they could be in the finals and win the national championship but unfortunately only two get to go so we beat the living crap out of each other all year long and then going into playoffs and whoever makes it, you know, gets that chance where realistically we could have all four teams. You could have Carolina, Charlotte, us and Hampton there every single year. And we would be either in the national championship, in the final four or right there in the discussion to win it all every year, no matter what. And that's pretty crazy fact when you think of with how good the division is and, and, and for Potomac, they've been improving drastically and yeah. if they were in any other division, they would not have the record that they have. They would have a much better record. They would be there. They have, you know, for the most part, very competitive teams. Um, last year, I thought their premier team was, was hell on wheels. I mean, they gave everybody a hard time. We were the only, luckily we were the only team that lost to them once. Um, you know, they beat everybody, Charlotte, Hampton consistently. Um, and, and, and they gave people fits. So, I mean, 
they've they've come a long way. Um, they've improved their program a lot. It's just when you're playing in the top division, if you don't bring it's it one night, tough. yeah. I mean, you uh, you look at our division and you look at Hampton and us, for example. So the worst loss we've ever accompanied as a program happened this year. We lost to Hampton ten to three. Okay, never had that happen in anything. Okay, I've never had that happen to me in any sport, anything I've ever had in my life, let alone that night. Worst night as a coach or just in general. You know, there's nothing you can do. Everything no, was going to Right. Then we go back and they come to us and we beat them 12 to one. Now you're talking about, you're not talking about bad program, good program. You're talking about two top programs that just absolutely devastated each other in a matter of three weeks. And that's the difference when you don't show up one night in our division, it's a bad night. Well, and even this year, this year's even more of a microscope where you guys are literally, you know, besides the showcase is pretty much playing the same two, three teams over and oh. over and over again. It's World yeah, War what's that, three what's every that night, like? Man. I mean, uh, we see it in the NHL. I mean, it's, is it tougher? I, I'm not going to say it's easier because obviously this is the toughest division, but it's like, do you kind of miss going out and playing? Other the teams kids or? probably know what type of deodorant the other guys fucking use at this oh, point. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's absurd. I mean, why you see some of the, I think our league has the higher penalty minutes as well. is just because the games are so intense. And you play each other so many times, and it's very good hockey. Temperatures boil over. Emotions boil over. You have things like that. But, I mean, it's great hockey. But, yeah, it would be nice just in general, I think, for all of us to have some other teams come into the mix and just besides our showcases just to to give us a refresher where we don't have to play Charlotte, Hampton, Charlotte, Hampton, Charlotte, Hampton, and then Carolina, Hampton, Carolina, Hampton. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's nonstop. So I don't have uh, too much more for you. I don't want to keep you all night, but um, looks like we've got some some big commits on the premier team this year. Um, what is that process like as a, a this year especially? I know it's I mean it's a little bit easier when you're going up to Boston and having these showcases, um, and you guys do a good job of of getting kids to the next level. Has that been a challenge this year? I think it's been harder than it's ever been uh, for two reasons. One, obviously. A lot of the schools are only using fast hockey. They're not allowed to actually go to showcases and recruit because of the NCAA rules and then their school rules. I think the other thing is now that they've allowed 20-year-olds to have a fifth year and not have any eligibility, you're going to, I mean, have that extra year of eligibility. You're going to have a lot of 20-year-olds now who are struggling to find spots that they normally would have because people are returning. But yeah, so on that premier team, we've got a couple commits already. Um, but usually we've got the big showcase in Boston, the Southern showcase, um, definitely more challenging year and you're still managing to get guys to that next level. But what's that looked like this year for you? Um, I think it's very challenging with COVID. Um, obviously with the players getting an extra year of eligibility, the 20 year olds are, are really the ones suffering the most. Um, I also think our players are in a great position. Um, we're going to be prepared again to be in the top 1% in the country and college commits after this year. We have numerous guys that have very high-end D3 offers, uh, quite a few players that have numerous D3 offers from top schools that are waiting on financial aid and um, acceptance and final numbers. Um, We expect some pretty big college commitments to be rolling out this year, and we have some great next-level junior commits already. We already have four guys committed to the next level of juniors between Canadian Junior A and then North American Hockey League. Um, You know, right now – we currently have three uh, Division three guys committed, one Division one ACHA to Liberty to a top – one of the top, if not Just the top. Just beat a D1 team. team. Just beat Liberty. I was actually at that game. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're looking like we're probably going to have somewhere in the vicinity of 12 to 15 D3 commits this year. 
um, and then probably five to six Division One ACHA commits between our elite team and our you know one or one or two of our premier guys. So it should be a, another banner year in terms of kids moving on to college, kids moving on to the next level, and at the end of the day, that's what it's about. So. Absolutely, man. I don't want to keep you for too much longer. Um, we do have, you know, the end of the season push here. You've got both teams ready to make uh, playoff pushes. The elite locked in premier coming back, hopefully making a strong push here. I keep saying push, but uh, what, what's that, you know, end of the season? Uh, what are we looking forward to? Going to be some some tight games, some big matchups. Uh, what, what are we thinking? Um, you know, I, I feel the same way every year and, and this year is no different. I mean, uh, the motto in our locker room and our, in our culture is, Division championship first, uh, regular season championship, national championship. So for the elite team, they have a chance to win all three of those still. Um, and that's that's our goal in that order. Uh, for the premier team, they have a chance to win the most important one, which is the national championship. They won't get a chance to win a division, unfortunately. Uh, we didn't do our job good enough there, and they won't get a chance to win the regular season championship, but they'll definitely have a chance to win the national championship. And I think that that's the – the goal for both teams. Uh, we have the teams that are capable of doing that. Um, now we just got to go out and, and put the results on the ice and, and let our results for, speak for themselves. Absolutely. And it's not always, you know, the top teams that are there at the end of the year in that last game. I mean, we see eight seeds, well, not all the time, but you see, you know, those mm-hmm. bottom seed teams. So it's not like the regular season's lost. It's more about hitting the mojo at the right time. Um, but that's pretty much all I've got for tonight. I know Billman had to head off to a men's league game. Uh, <laughs> we were hoping to get down there this year and, and check out the locker room and, and pump some gen stuff on the website, but hopefully we can do that maybe at camp this summer and uh, we'll get Absolutely. you on uh, during the postseason and see what's going on, man. But it's always a pleasure to have you RC, especially after six, seven years here, but roll gens, baby, unless you got anything else, I think we're about done, man. Oh, uh, we, we appreciate the support. You guys have always been great. And uh you know, we thank you for covering the, the players and the hockey in this area and, and, and making it get recognized and giving our guys a, and programs another chance to uh, just gain more recognition and get more people aware of what we do here in the South. And I uh, look forward to seeing you anytime you know that. And anytime we can catch up or do something, you know that I'm always uh, I'm always uh, excited about that. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, as someone who uh, pretty much maxed out as a tier three player. I, I love bringing more and more attention. There's just, there's not enough of it in the area. And I love, especially the teams in Virginia. Um, they're just, you know, pumping out products and it's great for the area. Great for, for guys like you. I know you, you ended up sticking around after you were done playing. So we appreciate it. Uh, always support you and we'll get you back on. Good luck, man. Thanks a lot, man. Be safe and I'll talk to you soon.